0: Wedgwood Christian Services is a place where hope and healing meet. As you navigate life's challenges, know that you are not alone. Hi, I'm Hillary Kirkendall, Marketing and Communications Coordinator for Wedgwood Christian Services, and these are the stories of real people who work at, learn from, and grow through the nationally accredited, faith-based nonprofit. These are Wedgwood's Coffee Break Conversations. Managing mental health is important to our overall well-being. Today, Wedgwood therapist Paul Brightup and I have a conversation about how to maintain good mental health throughout the holidays, how therapists can prevent burnout, and how hope plays a vital role in therapy. Hello, Paul. Thank you so much for joining us for this Wedgwood Coffee Break conversation. Can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do here at Wedgwood?
1: Sure. Thank you. Uh, so my name is Paul Brightup. I'm a clinician mainly in the community care management program, but I also take a little bit of an outpatient. I've had uh, my hand in uh, several different programs, but I've kind of narrowed it down at this point. But I do enjoy the the challenges of working with other clientele as well.
0: Wonderful. How long have you been with Wedwood?
1: Oh, it's about about five years now, I think.
0: Okay. Nice. Nice so what drew you to the counseling field initially and did you always want to be a therapist
1: uh that's a good question no i didn't always want to be a therapist i my first desire was to be the person that made dinosaurs like in jurassic park but that didn't pan out real well so uh, (laughs) (laughs) no i i just found that that this this was a good fit for me i i enjoy Figuring things out, I enjoy being a part of people's lives and I, I found that people tend to find the way I interact with them and and how I can help helpful. And so I thought, well, let's see if I can make that into a good career. And it's, it's definitely something I enjoy doing.
0: Uh, what is your favorite part about your job here at Wedgwood?
1: Aside from the job itself, I really, really enjoy counseling and therapy. I love the flexibility that, that Wedgwood gives me. I mean, <laughs> they really do give me a lot. I almost feel sometimes like I'm working out of my own practice, which is really awesome. Uh, And they're really encouraging. And just being able to have positive influences in people's life is is really cool.
0: Great. So you've mentioned you've been involved in a variety of services here at Wedgwood, ranging from substance use to outpatient counseling and community care management. Can you talk a little bit about each of these programs, um, particularly the community care management, what that looks like?
1: Sure. Um, well, briefly on the other two, the, the substance use one, that's why I started as an intern with, with Wedgwood there. That one's anything from outpatient to outreach services. And then the outpatient one, typically right now, it, I, I have clients that you've either had before or uh, transitioning from community care management. Community care management is kind of a cool program. It's it's quite unique. I, I don't think a lot of people know about it, and I'm really hoping we'll be able to expand it further someday. The idea behind it is that we're, we're reducing the risk for the need from restrictive care. And so, right now, we, we only have a contract with Priority Health. Basically, they authorize three months of, of treatment services, and that tapers to offer three months, because basically, within three months of needing something like hospitalization or even other intensive services such as residential or IOP or anything like that, you're at increased risk for a few months after to, uh, to return to that service. And we know that if we can keep people in the community and treat them there, they do better than if they have to go to restrictive care in the long run. So this program has helped design to front load the support and taper off to a more uh, typical outpatient sort of arrangement. We get up to three sessions a week in the beginning and tapers off to one a week and we and we can play with that a little bit but it's it's a really neat program right now we are working only with minors in that program but I believe we're looking at maybe including adults as well but I, again I'm hoping that other insurances will also be able to be included in this someday as well
0: mm-hmm. it sounds like such a unique program and a great opportunity for families who you know They've had one, you know, kind of crisis incident. They've got support as they kind of transition out of that, which is very cool.
1: It it is. I'm I'm very impressed with whoever, whoever came up with it. It's a great concept.
0: Throughout this pandemic, uh, mental health obviously has been a huge concern. Um, Mm -hmm. Did you have to get creative and adjust the ways that you were providing support through like teletherapy or hybrid models? And what were some of the things you did that you found to be pretty successful?
1: Yeah, I think everybody had to adjust to the use of technology and using it in this setting. Not many people were in the habit or really all that knowledgeable with with doing telehealth before. I'm very glad that it's brought about this change because it's uh, opened up a lot of opportunities for service that we didn't have before, um, but definitely has challenges. Other than the technological issues that pop up occasionally, it also tends to be more challenging to work with larger groups like families, actually, because it's hard to get them all on the camera frame. Yeah. But uh, it, it also provides a good opportunity to model problem solving, which is a large part of what we do in this program and help them mm-hmm. develop problem solving skills. So it's not the worst thing. We've even gotten to the point sometimes where it's just easier to have some a couple people on one device and then, you know, the rest of the family, on another device in the other room, that kind Mm -hmm. of thing, and and we figure it out. Um, A couple other challenges, there there are some uh, forms that I use sometimes just to kind of help with prompts for for clients and help things uh, so they can see it visually, that kind of thing. Those are a bit challenging to use online. Fortunately, the the program that we're using mainly with clients, the Zoom program, it, it offers some flexibility with that interestingly other things have gotten a lot easier things like paperwork because Mm -hmm. we've switched more to electronic and and so that's Mm -hmm. gotten a lot easier I think that some therapists too have have found it difficult because it's just it's not a comfortable way of relating for them Mm -hmm. but it didn't seem as much of a stretch for me and it and it seemed to fit the way I approach it fairly decently so I I find that we do have to make some different adjustments especially for younger children to, to keep mm-hmm. them focused but otherwise it hasn't been as bad as i was worried it was going to be
0: oh well that's good that's good yeah. i've heard from some other people around wedgwood that having the teletherapy option has been really helpful for some of their clients because it eliminates the you know commute to the office or trying to schedule in the time to get to meet you know your counselor somewhere so Seems like there's a lot of benefits, and I love that you talked about it modeling problem-solving. That's not even something I ever would have thought about. What a cool, subtle way to kind of work in what you're talking about in therapy. That's very cool.
1: Yeah, like I said, there are definitely some benefits to this, and you mentioned a couple. And honestly, I don't have the numbers to show this, but I really get the sense that it's reduced things like no-shows as well Mm -hmm. uh, for me. Um, And it's just really nice that even if the person doesn't prefer online, the client doesn't prefer online, we have that availability if if the weather gets really bad or they get sick or something like that, mm-hmm. especially with COVID because, you know, any any little symptoms and we just want to be extra cautious. Sure. And so it, it's just been really nice to have it. There, Like I said, there's definitely been some challenges, but um, for the most part, I think it's been a good experience switching or having the availability rather of telehealth. I wish it could have been brought about in a different way than a pandemic but. Right, right
0: right so as we head into the holidays and winter when it gets dark at 4:30, we I think tend to see a spike in people struggling with some mental health challenges do you have any tips for maintaining good mental health especially uh, during this time of year
1: yeah wow well, there are so many things that can help I wish there was one single thing that I could say if you do this it'll go well Uh, That's not quite how it works, obviously. (laughs) But um, some things that I always encourage for my clients and I try to hold to myself is try to keep your routine as much as you can. I know that the the days are getting shorter, things are throwing you off, but the more you can stick to routine, and I'm not just talking about scheduling of times, right? Your, your actual habitual routine, the more you can stick to that the easier it is to navigate the ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, try to get some some light. We've, we're going into lower light, and of course, uh, then packs vitamin D and and potential seasonal affective symptoms. So try to get some light. Try to enjoy the holiday. Be cautious so you don't get sick, but try to enjoy mm-hmm. it. Try to enjoy the season. I think going into the holiday, the, I, there's there's some stressors right for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you got timing and group gatherings and all these other things that you have to figure out. But uh, if if you're someone who it's particularly hard, maybe it's the anniversary of something difficult or it's just brings back memories of something or you're missing someone this holiday because they passed away, something like that. I think it's going to be particularly important to make sure that you have supports, that you have people nearby helping you get through those difficult spots doesn't mean they have to be there every moment, but that you're aware that they're there so you can go Mm -hmm. to them when you're feeling on your head.
0: Yeah. Those are great tips. Great advice. Thanks. Like you've said, this is, you know, has been a difficult season for a lot of people. What has brought you hope through all of this?
1: First and foremost, my faith in Christ. But also, I think the more I work in the mental health field, the more I realize that you just got to understand that there is hope. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that even if you are someone without any any particular faith, the, there's the understanding that you can make a difference, that you can affect your environment, that you can make choices, that it won't always be this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get stuck in that sense that it's always going to be this difficult, right, especially mm-hmm. when you're really struggling. Mm-hmm.
0: So secondhand trauma and burnout are yeah. real concerns for those in the counseling professions. Mm-hmm. Um what keeps you motivated and passionate about the work that you do?
1: I think I on one hand you're you're talking about what helps you avoid burning out. On the other hand, you're talking about what helps you keep motivated, and they're not necessarily the same thing. Okay. They they could be. For me, what keeps me from burning out is making sure I'm very careful about my boundaries. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I'm, I'm very careful about with with my clients about what to expect from me and timing and different things like that, but also very careful with not bringing work into my home. I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be married to someone who has some understanding, because also she's also a therapist and she has some understanding in the field. So occasionally I'll, I'll bounce ideas off of her, but it's it's separate. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. keeping things very compartmentalized. That really helps a lot with burnout. Uh, another thing that I've run across recently that I didn't realize I was doing, but I heard someone put it this way, and that's that I you take that conceptual world that we partly live in of good, bad, ought to future concepts, those kinds of things. That's what we live in when we're in therapy, right? And mm-hmm. so taking a step back to the physical world again, just engaging in something, going out, being active, you know, splitting some wood in the backyard or mm-hmm. biking or sledding with the kids, that kind of thing. Getting you back into the physical world, it can be really, really helpful. And then what keeps me going is part of it is the fact that I do really enjoy my job.
0: Mm-hmm
1: but also n- just knowing that there are people out there that can benefit from what I can help them with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's really what helps keep me going.
0: Do you have advice for other mental health professionals in keeping motivated? And is there anything that community members can do to support therapists?
1: I would say find that spot where you can be be comfortable and, and say, okay, I know that I won't necessarily have the answers for this case, but I know that I can move forward with it and help them figure out what's going on. I think sometimes we get stuck in that sense of, well, I know that this person needs help, but I'm not really sure what to do. And we just throw a bunch of things at it. But when we're talking about staying motivated and avoiding burnout, we need to make sure that we're, we're having that consultation where we're letting other people know your supervisor or, or whoever you're reporting to that it's almost more the sense of you're, you're sharing the case. This isn't your responsibility as a therapist. Mm-hmm. It's their responsibility as a client. We're just providing the assistance to do so. And sometimes I like to think of it similarly to what a physical therapist does. Physical therapists can't make you do the actions, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not their job. Their job is to let you know what actions you need to do to make the improvements. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the, the direction things go in with me. Uh, I realized that that's a, a more directive response in a lot of people's approaches, but that's also the program that I'm working in. It's a time right. mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. focused approach and it's, it's just generally very effective in helping you avoid burnout and stay motivated.
0: So over your five years at Wedgwood, um, you've been a part of many people's stories of healing. Is there a story that has impacted you?
1: I work with a lot of kids mm-hmm. and I think one of the coolest things is when a child gets to the point where they recognize that they can do more than just be a passive observer in their own life. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I've come to realize is that the majority of the people that I work with, at least, they have a incomplete or fragmented sense of self. I think that sense of self needs to be based on the fact that we're part of creation. But mm-hmm people often aren't there yet. And just the fact that sometimes they get to the point of, of, of suddenly realizing through their own work, usually, although sometimes they have to tell them a little bit, <laughs> but through their own work, usually of, you know, what, I can actually, I can actually make a change in this. And at least for a minute, they have that expression of some peace and some hope. And it's just, it's just really cool. I like that.
0: That's awesome. So this maybe ties in a little bit to what you just talked about, but how have you seen God moving here at Wedgwood?
1: You know, I've been a part of different places, uh, different organizations, even faith-based places, and I I have to say that out of all the places I've ever been, the staff really tries to live the the lifestyle and and really tries to engage that, and I think that's really cool. Uh, I I've also seen the impact of just even the patience that our staff displays on on clients. We, <laughs> I hear sometimes case presentations, obviously, from, from other places. And, and I just think, wow, that, the, the people that I'm, I'm working with at Wedgwood often get really good results because they display a lot more patience than this person mm-hmm. did. And mm-hmm. so that, that sort of fruit of this period is really prevalent.
0: Well, Paul, thank you so much for all you do here at Wedgwood and all that you do to help the people in West Michigan find hope and healing. We appreciate the dedication to providing mental health and support with grace and compassion. And it was a delight to have you for this Wedgwood Coffee Break conversation today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Support, self-care, and remembering that you can make a difference are all key to managing your mental health. Like Paul said, Wedgwood is a place where grace, hope, and patience are all integral parts of each and every counseling session. You can get connected to a therapist or learn more about Wedgwood's community care management on our website. Curious about our services? Visit us at Wedgwood.org, W-E-D-G-W-O-O-D, and find us on our social media at wedgwood.cs. Or shoot us an email at hello at Wedgwood.org. We would love to be a part of your story. Until next time, these are Wedgwood's Coffee Break Conversations.